Hello and welcome to the Homewrecker Podcast, where we attempt to wreck, dismantle, and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking by bringing alternative viewpoints to different subjects in an attempt to not only change the thoughts and feelings most people accept as reality, but to obliterate them completely. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion, joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, Amazing certified hypnotherapist trophy wife, the lovely Monique. Hi. How goes it, my love? How goes it with you? It goes well. That right. so that that you had just said. What? About us. A little yeah. bit about us. I like that. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Just popped into my head the other day. I'm like, I gotta write this down. Damn I it. like it, because Originally, we kind of started out like with the name intended for one thing, but it's really become its own thing with this show. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because we're really trying to push, I guess, people to think. And sometimes it does kind of wreck previous conceptions. Yes. If you, these are the type of discussions that we have sometimes that can, that can absolutely wreck a home. Debates that we have, things we talk about some of the different alternative viewpoints and theories and information that we present. And, 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 and always, we always say, don't, don't believe us. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't believe us. Do your own research. Mm-hmm. And we try to provide all the information so that you can do that if you choose to. Yeah. Because we're but not anyway. perfect either. We might, oh, you know, no. miss not. something or. That's it. But yeah, I mean, especially like sometimes some of the topics we talk about, people don't agree. We like to have fun and we will talk about movies and stuff, but sure. sometimes like, we talk about heavier stuff, and yeah, if people don't agree, that can cause some problems, but we're lucky. We're stronger than that, babe. What do you mean? We're lucky in what way? Because, like, we don't let oh, that kind of, we, we don't disagree, allow, we don't see. allow that uh, to yes. wreck our home. Right. Yeah. Thankfully. hmm Yes. So. Want to get some housekeeping out of the way before we jump into our topic? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you want to interact with us. You can find us on social media. We have a Twitter account. At Pod. We also have a website. HomewreckerPodcast.com. Where you can go and find t-shirts, pretty cool mugs. We got hoodies now. Yes. And I just cozy. got I just got one the other day. It's really comfortable and cozy. I, I should be wearing it right now, but I'm not cold. So I'm, I'm instead just wearing this old thing, this old t-shirt. But we have Homewrecker t-shirts as well. We have stickers. All kinds of cool stuff. So go yeah. check it out. And then... YouTube and Brighteon. YouTube, Brighteon. Subscribe. Subscribe, and follow. Like. Anywhere you're listening to your podcast, hit the subscribe yeah. button. We appreciate it. And if and you if, get a minute, 
five-star five review. And if you don't mind writing a review too, that'd be cool as well. We, we like seeing those and, and appreciate any kind words people may have. And the negative ones, just email them to us. Yeah, just... No need to put them out there for everybody to see, right? <laughs> don't share your problems with us. <laughs> we don't want to hear about them. No, I'm kidding. But also, if you really like our show, just tell your friends about it or anyone who you think might enjoy it as well. That's Let it. Let them know. Absolutely. We appreciate the support. Yeah. We do everything organically, so... How can people find you and find out about you and all of the different things that you do? Oh, because I do so many things. You do. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. That's for my regular Twitter page. I also have a Twitter account for my hypnotherapy business, Understandings Hypnosis. That's at Monique P-C-H-T. If you're interested in a tarot or oracle reading, organite, incense, candles, anything fun like that, go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're more interested in hypnotherapy, as my lovely husband said before, I am a certified hypnotherapist. You can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com. And every second Tuesday of the month, my friend Carlene and previous guest, by the way, who's also a certified hypnotherapist, we do mystical meetups where we talk about different things having to do with hypnotherapy. We will be talking about anxiety and how to manage stress through the holidays for the next upcoming one, if you're interested. And I'll have all that information in our show notes and on my website. So check us out there. And for you, my dear, how can people find you? Well, first of all, I'm not lovely. You are lovely. I don't get that. Lovely. Yeah, I, I like that word. Okay. Thank you. You can find me on Twitter at the Alex Arion and alexarionfitness.com. Wow, that was so short. And well, mine was like Why are you gonna make fun of my height now? No, no. Are you gonna attack my size? No, you're like, you can find me here, and it takes two seconds. Whereas mine, I'm like, la 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 la. Short la, and going. sweet. Yes. That's how I like to keep it. Yes. Anything you need to find out or know, you'll know. Mm. Really quick, before we jump into the topic, though, you, you keep, and, and I say quick, I mean quick, in 15 seconds, can you tell me why it's important for somebody to go to a certified hypnotherapist? Why is it important for them to be certified? 15 seconds. Anyone can do hypnotherapy. Okay. Anyone can do hypnotherapy. Some people even learn how to do it on YouTube. However, once somebody is hypnotized... What you do once you're inside is really important and you need to know how to really help people and how to use hypnotherapy because you don't want anything negative happening. Time. That's 15 seconds. All right, cool. I think I did it. I'm just curious. I just didn't want it to turn into a big, long thing about that. That's all. I feel like I have to talk like the micro machines <laughs> guy. <laughs> All right, so. For, for those older uh, folks who remember the micro machines. That guy was awesome. He could talk so fast. The, the the next closest thing, the next time I heard anybody talking that fast, like on a, like a big, big major scale, was uh, the Bare Naked Ladies. When I first heard the Bare Naked Ladies, uh, the song One Week. Yes. When he starts. Yeah. And I actually, I learned all of that and was able to do it all. I probably couldn't do it now. But is he faster but than the Micro Machines? I don't know if he was or not, but he was, he was you know, singing and talking fast and rapping, whatever you want to call it, uh, during that song. And I remember thinking that was the coolest thing. And it reminded me of the Micro Machines man. So. And then you met me. And then it, yep. And you're like, wow, she talks fast. She talks quick. However, when I do so. hypnotherapy, I actually go really slow. Very calm. Really calm. Anything else you want to say before we get? No, moving? let's jump in. All right, let's dive into this thing, shall we? We're we're gonna be talking about 
Nosferatu. No, not Nosferatu. I, I, I had to do that. You're making fun of me. No, I had to do it and get it out of the way because you have done it so many times. If I'm going to do it now, I'm going to get it out of the way so you don't have to worry about it. It's out of the way. It's done. That's so We're funny. not talking about Nosferatu no, the vampire, no. although that would be a cool show. Maybe we'll do something like that in the future. Instead, we are talking about Nostradamus. Yes, the prophet. The prophet, yes. the prognosticator, the French guy. He's teasing me because I accidentally a, a couple time of times said Nosferatu. <laughs> Gotta have fun. So it's all about having fun, isn't yes, it? Yes, it, that is true. All right. So uh, again, my uh, lovely, beautiful wife here has done a fantastic job researching Nostradamus and I, I'm looking through all these notes earlier and I'm just amazed and uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about this stuff here today. I hope so. So uh, before we dive into everything uh, as far as this goes can you remember the first time you heard of Nostradamus? I remember hearing about him as a kid like sometimes like people would reference him or, or like like I said make reference to him and his prophecies but I never actually learned about what really came true just that you know he predicted things and people talk about him predicting the end of the world and this and that but I never really I guess got into it enough or cared enough to really deeply look into it until now yeah I think same same here I was a kid when I first heard about it and it was uh again a lot of doomsday type stuff end of the world kind of stuff and I can't remember what somebody, as a kid, I don't remember what they said, oh, the end of the world's going to be this day or whatever because Nostradamus said it or I, I can't remember all that specifics. But I remember thinking, really, there's somebody that can do that? You know, the first, I, me- I remember actually being in Sunday school at church in Sunday school and that's when somebody, just another kid was talking about, oh, yeah, the end of the world's going to be this year because Nostradamus said it. And it's like, what? Who's that? What do you mean he said it? Why, why should I care what this old guy said? And then he said, well, he predicted this and this and this. And I'm like, huh? People could do that? What? You know, so it's probably Just like seven or eight years old at the time. But. Whenever anyone talks about the end of the world, I think, what if it's not the end, but the beginning? I always, it's funny now, actually thinking about it, as long as I've been alive, I've survived so far two that I know of, end of the world dates because it was uh, everybody was thinking the end of the world was going to happen the year 2000 mm-hmm. was going to be some catastrophic thing and, and oh, everything's going to be done and then 2012 was the other time and i, I want to say there was another time uh the rapture or something was supposed to be happening and that was in like the late 90s or so i can't remember exactly what but at least two or three times that i could think of where everyone's like oh it's gonna be the end of the world the end of the world the end of the world and then you realize that it's been the end of the world for generations. As long as people have been alive, they've been hearing these stories and hearing these different things. And so let's see if Nostradamus. Let's see what he had to say. Had anything to say about that. Let's find out a little bit about the man himself. Begin, please. Born in December of 1503 in the south of France, in Saint-Rémy-de-Provence, Michel de Nostradam became the man we know today as Nostradamus. As a child, he was taught the rudiments of Latin, Greek, Hebrew, and mathematics. 
It is believed that his grandfather also introduced him to the ancient rites of Jewish tradition and the celestial sciences of astrology, giving Nostradamus his first exposure to the idea of the heavens and how they drive human destiny. At the age of 14, Nostradam entered the University of Avignon to study medicine. Due to an outbreak of the bubonic plague, he was forced to leave. According to his own account, he traveled throughout the countryside during this time, researching herbal remedies and working as an apothecary. In 1522, he entered the University of Montpellier to complete his doctorate in medicine. He sometimes expressed his dissension with the teachings of the Catholic priests who dismissed the notions of astrology. There are some reports that university officials discovered his previous experience as an apothecary and found this reason to expel him from school. The school took a dim view of anyone who was involved in what was considered a quote-unquote manual trade. However, most accounts state he was not expelled and received a license to practice medicine in 1525. At this time, he Latinized his name, as was the custom of many medieval academics, from Nostradam to Nostradamus. I always wondered that when I found out his birth name, given name, was Nostradam. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how did it... I thought it was Nostradamus, and yeah, when... When we discovered this, what, what were we, we were watching a documentary on Nostradamus the other day, and they talked about it there as well. And I was like, hmm, okay, interesting. I just thought that was his name. And I do want to say there's a lot of speculation. As with anything in the past, there are what people believe. Anything that's allegedly accounted for, it, it's difficult because some people claim certain things and other people claim other things. So sometimes it's very hard when something happened so long ago to know what really is the truth. Because some people say, oh, no, he never became licensed. But I, I kind of like looking at it either way. Like this is what some think. This is what others think. So that's tr I, how I tried to get my information looking at both sides. Yeah, and that's the thing looking at, at, at all the different information that's out there. You have it, it seems like there's two opposing camps most of the time. So we we try to get I know you're very good at this is is trying to get both sides and trying to kind of meet in the middle if possible and if not give both sides saying, "Well, some people believe this, some people believe this. What's the truth? We don't know." We, we don't, go, but at least we admit it. We try, yeah, exactly. We try to share the information that we can find and try to give as many sides as are available, at least that we could find. Mm -hmm. Over the next several years, Nostradamus traveled throughout France and Italy, threatening victims of the plague. Treating. Oh, tre threatening. He's threatening <laughs> victims. I'm going to kill you. Fucking victims. Let me try that. Damn victims. Let me Come try here, it. victim. Let me victimize <laughs> you some <laughs> more. I'm going to... I'm going to threaten you some more. Come here, let me, let me threaten you. Come here, jerk. How dare you get sick? I'm going to threaten you now. of you. <laughs> let me try that again. I'm not editing that out. I'm no, leaving that no, right that's in. too good. You got to leave that in. Okay. <laughs> Over the next several years, Nostradamus traveled throughout France and Italy, treating victims of the plague. That sounds a little better. Thank you. There was no known remedy at the time. Most doctors relied on potions made of mercury, the practice of bloodletting, and dressing patients in garlic-soaked robes. What does that do, Garlic, the garlic-soaked robe? What would be the purpose of that? I'm not sure. 
Okay. I, I just didn't, because I, I know garlic is supposed to be a, a very potent antiviral. Uh, if you if you're looking for like maybe a, a kind natural... of like um, the thing when you smell aromatherapy. Oh yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Nostradamus had developed some very progressive methods for dealing with the plague. He didn't bleed his patients. Instead, practicing effective hygiene and encouraging the removal of the infected corpses from the city streets, he became known for creating a quote unquote rose pill an herbal lozenge made of rose hips, which are rich in vitamin C, that provided some relief for patients with mild cases of the plague. His cure rate was impressive, though much can be attributed to keeping his patients clean, administering low-fat diets, and providing plenty of fresh air. The usage of low-fat diets, I'm not really sure how that is going to make somebody healthier or not, especially... Knowing how the human body works now, I, I wonder if that is just some editorializing that was done for whoever maybe wrote up information or a biography on Nostradamus at that time. Just a way to kind of maybe make him seem a little more like ahead of the times of that time with the current information of the time that the, that information was written. Possibly. I, I think that... Removing corpses from the streets. I would from say your that area, had more to, that, more to do with it. That probably. probably was very helpful. Keeping clean was probably helpful. And but as we know, the plague is basically a bacteria carried by rats. And I think it was the fleas on the rats. So that's that what we're told. It. Yeah. I mean, um, allegedly. Not but, like we were there to know. Yeah. but and, and also providing plenty of fresh air. I think that would have more to do with the health of somebody than administering a low fat diet, especially knowing now knowing what we know about how the human body works and how low fat diets are actually not good for you at all. It's better to have a, like a moderate fat, if well, not higher fat diet. Well, who knows back then what their diet was. Yeah, anyway. So. In time, Nostradamus found himself somewhat of a local celebrity for his treatments and received financial support from many citizens of province. In 1531, he was invited to work with a leading scholar of the time, Jules Caesar Scaglier in Agen in southwestern France. There, he married and in the next few years had two children. In 1534, his wife and children died, presumably of the plague. All of them died? Mm -hmm. Two children, wife and two children, they all died. Well, and that happened while he was traveling on a medical mission to Italy. Not being able to save his wife and children caused him to fall out of favor in the community and with his patron, Scaglier. In 1538, an offhand remark about a religious statue resulted in charges of heresy against Nostradamus. So wait, hold on. He made a comment? He made a remark about a religious statue. And, and, and that was enough to say, mm -hmm. you're out of here? Okay, this was the 1500s. I love it. When ordered to appear before the church inquisition, he wisely chose to leave province to travel for several years throughout Italy, Greece, and Turkey. During his travels to the ancient mystery schools, it is believed that Nostradamus experienced a psychic awakening. One of the legends of Nostradamus says that during his travels in Italy, he came upon a group of Franciscan monks, identifying one as the future pope. The monk called Felice Peretti was ordained Pope 
Sixtus V in 1585, fulfilling the prediction of Nostradamus. So we have here what could possibly be his first prophecy that came true. Mm-hmm. Possibly. That he didn't see his family dying coming. Sorry, that was a cheap shot. Oh, yeah, that was kind of, that was low. I know. Wow. What the guy do to deserve that? Feeling he'd stayed away long enough to be safe from the Inquisition, Nostradamus returned to France to resume his practice of treating plague victims. In 1547, he settled in his hometown of Salon de Provence and married a rich widow named Anne Ponserade. Together, they had six children, three boys and three girls. Nostradamus also published two books on medicinal science by this time. One was a translation of Galen, the Roman physician, and a second book. The Trait des Fardemians, don't know if I'm saying that right, was a medical cookbook for treating the plague and the preparation of cosmetics. That's interesting. That's quite the combination there. The gotta look tre- good when you got the plague. Treating the plague and prepping cosmetics. I mean, I, I mean, if that came out today, that's like a bestseller right there. Wow. There we go. And then he had three boys and three girls, so he was busy with his little family. I wonder if he, so he met this woman. Did she already have children, or is we, are we not aware of that? Together, they had six children. Within a few years of his settling into Salon, Nostradamus began moving away from medicine and more toward the occult. It is said that he would spend hours in his study at night meditating in front of a bowl filled with water and herbs. The meditation would bring on a trance and visions. It is believed the visions were the basis of his predictions for the future. In 1550, Nostradamus wrote his first almanac of astrological information and predictions of the coming year. Almanacs were very important at the time as they provided useful information for farmers and contained entertaining bits of local folklore and predictions of the coming year. Nostradamus began writing about his visions and incorporating them into his first almanac. The publication received a great response and served to spread his name all across France, which encouraged Nostradamus to write more. I like how you said almanac three different ways in that paragraph. That I know. Cool. I, like, how do we say it? Almanac. Almanac. <laughs> so you're like, know. hmm, should I jump in here? Nah, just, just, just say let me it. go with it. Just go with I'm it. I'm feeling it out. By 1554, Nostradamus's visions had become an integral part of his works in the almanacs, and he decided to channel all of his energies into a massive opus he entitled Centuries. He planned to write 10 volumes, which would contain 100 predictions forecasting the next 2,000 years. In 1555, he published Les Prophecies, a collection of his major long-term predictions. Possibly feeling vulnerable to religious persecution, he devised a method of obscuring the prophecies' meanings by using quatrains. They are rhymed four-lined verses. And a mixture of other languages such as Greek, Latin, Italian, and Provencal. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I apologize. A dialect of southern France. 
Oddly enough, Nostradamus enjoyed a good relationship with the Roman Catholic Church. And it's believed he never faced prosecution for heresy by the Inquisition because he didn't extend his writings to the practice of magic. So in order to like cover his ass and not get sentenced to death, he wrote it, he wrote his prophecies in a certain way so they can't say like, oh, you're doing magic. So a clever guy. Yeah, he, he's not a, he's not an idiot. Uh, obviously, yeah, clever, which people back then really were not idiots. Well, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. You had a lot of brilliant people back then, and uh, obviously he appears to have been one of them. Figured out ways to get around the, the, the man, if you will, the authority. Not to get killed by them, yeah. Nostradamus ran into some controversy with his predictions as some thought he was a servant of the devil and others said he was a fake or just insane. However, many more believe that his prophecies were spiritually inspired. He became famous and in demand by many of Europe's elite. Catherine de Medici, the wife of King Henry II of France, was one of Nostradamus's great admirers. After reading his almanacs in 1555, where he hinted at the unnamed threats to her family, she summoned him to Paris to explain and draw up horoscopes for her children. A few years later, she made him counselor and physician in ordinary to King Henry's court. In 1556, while serving in his capacity, Nostradamus also explained another prophecy from centuries one, which was assumed to refer to King Henry. The prophecy told of a young lion who would overcome an older one on the field of battle. The young lion would pierce the eye of the older one, and he would die a cruel death. Three years later, when King Henry was 41 years old, he died in a jousting match. You skipped a line there. Nostradamus warned the king he should avoid ceremonial jousting. Three years later, when King Henry was 41 years old, he died in a jousting match when a lance from his opponent pierced the king's visor and entered his head behind the eye deep into his brain. That hurts just thinking about it. He held on to life for 10 agonizing days before finally dying of infection. And we're going to talk about that prophecy in a little bit too. So that's another supposed prophecy that came true. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, if that happened, that can be used as, quote unquote, evidence that this guy was the real deal. Mm -hmm. Nostradamus claimed to base his published predictions on judicial astrology, the art of forecasting future events by calculation of the planets and stellar bodies in relationship to the Earth. His sources included passages from classical historians like Plutarch, as well as medieval chroniclers from whom he seems to have borrowed liberally. In fact, many scholars believed he paraphrased ancient end-of-the-world prophecies, mainly from the Bible, (laughs) and then, through astrological readings of the past, projected these events into the future. There's also evidence not everyone was enamored with Nostradamus' predictions. He was criticized by professional astrologers of the day for incompetence in assuming that comparative horoscopy, which is the comparison of future planetary configurations with those accompanying known past events, could predict the future. Oh, hold on. 
He was criticized by professional astrologers of the day for incompetence in assuming that comparative horoscopy could predict the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, like, they're when you, saying... When you said it all at once, would the, you have oh, this in parentheses... which is... I, I was explaining it kinda, what it was. It kind of, like, throws the whole sentence off. Right. So, I was, no, I, it was confusing me. So I just wanted to reiterate mm-hmm. that for people. So horoscopy, as you said, is the comparison of future planetary configurations with those accompanying known past events. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, but yeah, so so not everyone liked him. Not everybody was a fan, but I guess. But that's what happens. You put yeah, yourself out there. Of course, you're going to have your haters. Gonna, yeah, I was just going to say you're going to have your haters. So Haters going to hate? That's right. Nostradamus suffered from gout and arthritis for much of his adult life. In the last years of his life, the condition turned into edema and dropsy, where abnormal amounts of fluid accumulated beneath the skin or within the cavities of the body. And without treatment, the condition resulted in congestive heart failure. In late June of 1566, Nostradamus asked to see his lawyer to draw up an extensive will, leaving much of his estate to his wife and children. On the evening of July 1st, he is alleged to have told his secretary, Jean de Chavanet, quote, you will not find me alive at sunrise, end quote. The next morning, he was reportedly found dead lying on the floor next to his bed. Well, he got that prediction right. He did. And, and you could argue that everyone could predict that someday I'm going to die and they'll get it right. right? I, I think... There are some people who they know when their time is up. Oh, sure. They can feel it, and maybe they just let go. That's when they decide, okay, this is when I'm going to let go and pass. And maybe it was something like that, perhaps. Or maybe his secretary found him in the morning. was like, he told me last night just to try to live on his name. You never yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's something I didn't even think of. But, yeah, you're right. That could very well be something that happened. She knows, obviously, his reputation and said, you know, well, he actually told me last night that he wasn't feeling well, and I was going to find him dead the next morning. Could could very well be that she just made that up, too. Who knows? He, Obviously, we were not there. We don't know. We just know the story we're told. True. Nostradamus made many prophecies, which he broke down into centuries. It is believed he wrote 1,000 quatrains, which 942 survived, and 58 from century 7 were lost. So the way those were, it was like century one, two, three, four. So it just kind of went through, but they weren't in order. So there was no actual chronological order of events. So there, there's no chronological order, but it, do any of the quatrains or any of his predictions, do they have years attached to them at all? Some did. Okay. Not not many. Some did. And we're going to talk about some of those. And some, a uh, lot of them, not a lot, but a good amount talk about planetary alignments. Let's look at some of his most well-known prophecies that allegedly came true. So the one I had previously mentioned, the death of Henry II. His prediction read, The young lion will overcome the older one on the field of combat in a single battle. He will pierce his eyes through a golden cage. Two wounds made one. Then he dies a cruel death. That doesn't sound like fun. Nor was it for King Henry II. I can't imagine mm-hmm. it was. So, for, for, yeah, the king. yeah. So as we had just mentioned, he was in a jousting match, and I believe it was ceremonial, and his opponent. 
So ceremonial meaning it wasn't like a real. It wasn't like they were actually in battle. Actual combat. It was just Mm -hmm. a for show essentially. Yes, and something went wrong. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that some reports say is that the shields that they had had lion emblems on it. Now, again, whether they just added that in after the fact or not, it's difficult to say. Also, it wasn't a battlefield, but if they're jousting, you can take it with a grain of salt. But you could, you, I mean, it, you could argue that it was a battlefield, even even though it was ceremonial. It was still depicting a battle. So I don't know. It's it's kind of one of the, it's one of those things where the way it's written and then the way it's interpreted. You're gonna notice a theme. <laughs> yeah, it's very open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. So I guess he was genius in that way because eventually some of these things that he says are going to happen just because that's just the nature of life. Eventually something that this guy writes is going to come true. Or you can manipulate it enough. Or it can be, or exactly. Or it's, it's vague enough that you can manipulate and, and, and twist Mm -hmm. things around and add your own little details here and there where it will fit your narrative or your intended story. Let's talk about the great fire of London. All right. His prediction read, The blood of the just will be lacking in London, burnt up in the fire of 66. The ancient lady will topple from her high place. Many of the same sect will be killed. Let's look at what actually happened. On September 2nd, 1666, a, Whoa. Mm, a small fire in Thomas Farriner's Bakery on Pudding Lane in London turned into a three-day blaze that consumed a city. It became known as the Great Fire of London. Consumed the city, oh, not sorry. a city. Consumed the, the city. city. <laughs> Peasants' deaths weren't recorded at the time, but many historians claim that at least eight people died in the blaze. Thousands of houses and businesses burned as well. Blood of the just might just refer to the elimination of the millions of flea-carrying rats that spread the Black Death. That deadly plague died out during the Great Fire. Wow, no kidding. So it actually, huh. you know, kind of served a purpose. But, it, it, I mean, again, you're looking at it. Okay, blood of the just will be lacking in London. Burnt up in the fire of 66. But the ancient lady will topple from her high place. I didn't see anything about... Who's that? Like, is it, I thought maybe a statue, but yeah, and and I mean, perhaps I, mean, I I would assume there must have been a statue of a lady, maybe at that point in time, somewhere in London, maybe. I don't know that toppled I, during the fire. But well, it that's was a the fire. Thing. Like, you so, think that yeah, would be knows? made reference, like to the to it being more accurate? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's look at the French Revolution. Oh boy, here we go. The prediction read. Songs, chants, and demands will come from the enslaved, held captive by the nobility in their prisons. At a later date, brainless idiots will take these as divine utterances. So what happened? In 1789, the French people decided they'd had enough of the aristocratic rule. They revolted, storming the Bastille, a Paris fortress used as a prison. The fall of the Bastille, which symbolized the monarchy's abuses, marked the height of the French Revolution. The peasants quickly took control of Paris and enforced their demands by kidnapping the royals. 
Some of them were even beheaded. Man, I'm surprised right? that hasn't happened now. Why not? What's going on Holy here? Holy cow. Huh? Yeah, those people had enough. So, I mean, given what is said, okay. That kind of sounds like, yeah. I, I could see people saying, yeah, that one came true with that. Yeah, all right. I, I'll, I'll I, give them that one. I'll give him that one too. But again, it's like, okay. It's not like he said it it was going to happen in France, that it was going to be the French nobility. He didn't specify that. You can't take that from the actual mm-hmm. quote or quatrain. You can't take it from that. And I'm curious, if he wrote everything as it came to him, would it make more sense to us being clearer? Perhaps. You know? Just, just a thought. All right, Napoleon's conquest. His prediction read: Pau ne loron, more fire than blood. Swimming in praise, the great man hurries to the confluence. He will refuse entry to the magpies. Pampon and Durance will confine them. All right, let's see what happened. Pau ne and loron refer to three towns in Paris. Although the last is actually named Orleron, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Oleron. Oleron. By using them, Nostradamus employed one of his favorite devices, the anagram. Rearranging the city's letters spells Napoleon Roy, which eerily resembles Napoleon the French, the king in uh, Napoleon the king in French. More of fire than of blood may refer to the non-noble lineage of Napoleon who took power during a coup. Quote-unquote, refuse, refuse entry to the magpies could refer to Pope Pius VI and VII, both of whom Napoleon imprisoned. Again, could refer to. Yeah. Could. It could be this. It could be that. Aren't magpies birds? I thought that's what They're they like were. They're like a crow-like bird. That's what I thought they were. So is is like I don't know if I don't know, but this one it seems kind of okay. So if you you could you could use an anagram mm-hmm. for so many different things, and you could say, oh well, if I use an anagram, I could put this word with this word, and it'll spell this. So this is really what this means. It, it feels like possibly <sighs> twisting it, but. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Let's look at King Philip II of Spain's reign. His prediction. For seven years, Philip's fortunes will prosper. He will reduce the Arab army. Then, halfway through, things will perplexedly turn against him. A young onion will destroy his fortune. So what happened? The Catholic King Philip II of Spain started ruling the country in 1556. And Spain became unbelievably wealthy for the first part of his reign. Seven could be interpreted biblically, meaning a long time. His success, however, came to an unexpected halt in 1587 with the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots, who was also Catholic. Her death effectively ended his alliance with England. A year later, he tried to invade England with his Spanish Armada fleet of ships, but England thwarted him. The quatrain also hints at the Battle of Lepanto, where Spain slaughtered the fleet of the Ottoman Empire, an area to the south inhabited by many Arabs. Philip would later call for Muslim expulsion from Spain. 
Lastly, the young onion refers to 36-year-old Henry IV of France, a Huguenot, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, and thus Protestant. We'll say that's correct. Okay. He and Philip disagreed on religion and battled until Henry's death. Uh, that one, I don't know. I, again, it just feels like they're twisting it. It feel yeah, that's 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 what I get from that too. It just feels like it's they're they're trying to figure out a way to make that prediction mm-hmm. fit. Yeah. This like by, ooh, we could we can make this work. Right, because yeah. it's vague enough that we can have it mean this thing. I don't know. Mm. Let's look at Louis Pasteur's discoveries. The prediction. The lost thing is discovered, hidden for many centuries. Pasteur will be celebrated almost as a godlike figure. This is when the moon completes her great cycle, but by other rumors, he shall be dishonored. Okay, so what happened? Born in 1822, Louis Pasteur was a French chemist and microbiologist who discovered that the growth of microorganisms were caused by fermentation. That discovery also proved bacteria doesn't simply appear spontaneously as previously thought. Instead, it grows from already living organisms in a process called biogenesis. While Pasteur didn't first propose germ, quote unquote, germ theory, he convinced much of Europe of its validity. He invented a process for removing bacteria, pasteurization, which is named after him. His early work also led to the creation of vaccines for rabies and anthrax. However, in 1995, science historian Gerald L. Geisen published a book showing Pasteur incorporated in a rival's findings to make his anthrax vaccine functional. That finding partly, quote-unquote, dishonored the great scientist, as Nostradamus predicted. I like how you said Pasteur's name. Three different ways yep. there, too. Because I'm trying to, like, I don't know how to say it. I'm just trying. Pasteur. So you're like, I don't know how to say it. So I'm going to say three different ways. That way, at least, hopefully, one of them is I'm right. I'm bound to get one right. I'm trying. Yes, you're you're trying all right. Words are hard. Isn't that what you normally say? Words, <laughs> words are hard. Words are so hard. Especially, like, words I don't know. I, I've seen some people uh, in my research argue that Pasteur is actually supposed to mean something else, not a name. Okay. Well, reading that through my eyes here in 2021, I would think that that means a name. Mm. Be, just because it's saying we'll be celebrated almost as a godlike figure, wouldn't that be a, a person, a man? I don't know. I, I would just think that that's what that would mean. Possibly. The I, thing is, when I, this is when the moon completes her great cycle. So I'm not sure what that is supposed to mean in terms of this. And did that happen? Yeah, I don't know what that would be in reference to exactly. But it's like, do they just mean a cycle of the moon? So is it like a full moon, a new moon? Uh, well, yes, maybe a new moon, but I don't know. Yeah. But aside from that, though, everything else kind of fits. That one, I was like, hmm, that's eerily close and almost accurate, you could say. Close enough. And, and, and it's funny because the this one started essentially in 1822 when Pasteur was born, mm-hmm. right? You could say that that would be like when you know, he envisioned the, the, and it didn't actually, this quatrain 
this prediction didn't come true till almost 150 years later. I mean, but you could also say the lost thing is discovered hidden for many centuries. So what yeah. is the lost thing? Are they Maybe talking about pasteurization. bacteria? Pasteurization, the process of removing bacteria could very well be something that But it's saying the lost forgotten. thing is discovered. So it's like something that was missing. Something, the lost thing, it could be... The lost thing could mean something that's forgotten as well or something yeah. that maybe was a tradition or, or a I'm, practice that had been. But what I'm saying is how does that apply here necessarily? Pasteurization, the thing that he found. That's what I'm saying. That could be, but we don't know because obviously we don't know if that's something that was done before the time of Nostradamus. Yeah, so I'm saying like that's just kind of speculation. It is, but it I'm saying is. it all. Exactly. Is all, all these are. Yeah. All right. Let's look at Hitler's terror in Europe. The prediction. From the depths of the west of Europe, a young child will be born of poor people. He who by his tongue will seduce a great troop. His fame will increase towards the realm of the east. And. Beasts ferocious with hunger will cross the rivers. The greater part of the battlefield will be against Hister. Into a cage of iron will the Great One be drawn when the child of Germany observes nothing. Well, what happened? Hitler happened. Hitler, who was born to poor parents in 1889 in Western Europe, used his intense oratory skills to mobilize the Nazi party in Germany in the years following World War I. Germany, as a part of the Axis powers, also allied with Japan in the East. While many believe Hister to be a typo, it's also an old name for the Danube River. Hitler was born just miles from that river in what was then Austria-Hungary, also known as the Danube Monarchy. Remember, Nostradamus often incorporated anagrams such as Hister into his writing. Uh, I, again, I feel like they uh, could kind of be twisting this. Uh, it's hard to say. You could say, I could see people going, what do you mean? It's obvious. That's what it is. It's obviously Hitler. I can see that, but I can also see how you can take it and twist it to fit the situation. Yeah, I, I can see both sides of that one too. All right. The next one, Charles de Gaulle's leadership. Charles de Gaulle? Is that how you say it? Yeah. De Gaulle? That's how I always heard okay. it. Okay. Sure. Charles de... Charles de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle. I don't know. Apparently not. I actually considered looking up how to pronounce, like hearing it, but I would have. It would have taken me so long to do everything in here. That's well. <laughs> I already did enough research. Damn it, Charles de Gaulle's leadership. The prediction: Hercules become king of Rome and of Anamark. A man named de Gaulle is a three-time leader. Italy and the waters of Venice will tremble. He will be renowned above all monarchs. Well, let's see what happened. Charles de Gaulle, a three-time leader, began as the leader of Free French Forces, France's government in exile based in London during World War II. He then became prime minister of the provisional post-World War II government, and finally in 1959, he undertook the first presidency of the French Fifth Republic. Okay, so he... Well, there was a guy named de Gaulle. 
he was a three-time leader. It says right in the quatrain, a man named de Gaulle is a three-time leader. That one I would say, you know, that's kind of on I gotta the nose. I got to give it to him. Got to give that it to him. That one's kind of on the nose. Mm-hmm. We'll give him that one. The atomic bomb. The prediction. The heavenly dart with stretch its course. Death in the speaking, a great achievement. The proud nation brought low by the stone in the tree. Rumors of a monstrous human bring purge, then expiation. In August of 1945, the United States dropped two atomic bombs on the island nation of Japan in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Many historians argue this tragedy marked the end of World War II. Those who escaped immediate detonation, detonation, I figured it out, (laughs) suffered in painful radiation poisoning and many died. A stone in the tree in Nostradamus' quatrain could describe the shape of the mushroom cloud that engulfed the sky above the city. It could also mean a landbound object like a stone and a bomb paradoxically appearing where it shouldn't a tree or the sky. Now, while you were uh, talking over that, I said expiation. Mm -hmm. What the heck is expiation? I don't know. So I looked it up. It is the act of expiating. Thanks a lot, dictionary.com. Or it also is the means by which atonement or reparation is made. Okay. So I don't know how that would pertain to an atomic weapon. Yeah, how when we get atonement. Which is why I, I looked it up because I'm like, what does that mean exactly? I could see all you have to do is add, add a letter and it would say expiration. But that's not the quatrain. The mm-hmm. quatrain is expiation. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know. This one, it's kind of tough. I guess you could twist it, but a monstrous human. This wasn't a human. Well, but you could argue that the humans that made this bomb, if that's what this is about, were monsters. A monstrous human. Singular. Was it one person that made this scientific advancement? I know it was a team, but who was the one person who I thought forgot. of it? You know what? I know this, and, and it's on the tip of my tongue, and I, I've it'll, learned it, it'll but come I don't to remember. Me. It'll come to me, I'm sure. Well, as you think about that, let's talk about JFK's assassination. The prediction read, The ancient task will be completed. From on high, evil will fall on he, great man. A dead innocent will be accused of the deed. The guilty on will remain in the mist. Well, I think most of us know what happened. John Kennedy's alleged assassination in 1963. (laughs) We don't know what happened. (laughs) It's still, they still have everything the sto- sealed. We know the story, the alleged story. As a matter of fact, it was just that we just passed the 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 anniversary of his death. Yeah. Was it fifty eight years now? Allegedly, the shot came from on high, and the the books depository. The, the great man fell. Yeah, and, and it says the ancient task will be mm-hmm. completed. A lot of people say that the whole JFK assassination was a recreation of the uh, uh, a ritual involving the god Osiris. So that could be the ancient task, maybe the, the recreation of uh, this ritualistic Well, no, because uh, this murder. makes me think of what I'm going to get to at the end of all this. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I don't want to go too heavy into the possibilities. But yeah, like you said, it could mean that 
Or maybe it just meant something else. Very possible. Let's look at Princess Diana's death. The prophecy read... The penultimate son of the man with the prophet's name will bring Diana to her day of rest. He will wander far because of a frantic head, delivering a great people from subjection. So what happened there? In 1997, Princess Diana died in a tragic car crash with her boyfriend, Dodi Fayed. Dodi Fayed. Fayed. I kind of just stuttered a little bit while I was trying to say it. Dodi Fayed, the second of Mohammed al-Fayed. According to London astrologer Todd Mann, Mohammed is the, quote, man with the prophet's name, end quote, whom Nostradamus was referring to. It can be recalled that following their death, Mohammed went out of his way to prove that the British royal family had conspired to bring Princess Diana and his son's death. This event opened the eyes of the subjected British royal public to the possible doings of the royals. So basically, this guy went out of his way to say the royal family caused this death to happen. I remember when this happened, and I remember that it was up to that point, the royals, the royal family, all that kind of stuff. That was like a big deal. I mean, I guess it kind of still is. I, I don't follow any of that kind of stuff anymore, but I know growing up, it was a big deal, like the royal wedding, when Diana and Prince Charles got married, it was like a huge deal. I remember the supermarket tabloids, the store, you know, you'd see the wedding on on mm-hmm. on the news and all that kind of stuff. It was a big deal. And then when she died, it was huge news too. I remember that being a big deal. And I remember because at, by this point I was in my late teens, getting into conspiracy theories and that kind of thing and, and starting to hear a lot of these rumblings that she was killed, but it was by the royal family. And... It was very interesting, and, and it's it's uh, after that that people, it's true, after that is when people really started to kind of question the royal family, and you notice that their their profile, and again, obviously, in I, we don't live in England, I didn't live in England or anything like that, but it almost seemed like it, they were not covered as much after Diana's death, and I wonder if that's because maybe they weren't doing so much publicly because they were trying to lay low because of these accusations that were coming out. Now, obviously, we don't know what happened. There's evidence, supposedly, that's been found that, that says that she was murdered. And, and obviously, we don't know. We don't know what happened. But it's very interesting that this quatrain kind of fits. It, it kind of fits. Yeah. Let's move on to September 11th, 2001. His prediction. The sky will burn at 45 degrees. Fire approaches the great new city. By fire, he will destroy their city. A cold and cruel heart. Blood will pour. Mercy to none. For those that don't know, on the morning of September 11th, 2001, (laughs) allegedly planes crashed into the Twin twin Towers. What, What... they're trying to say is that scholars interpret 45 degrees as either a reference to New York City's proximity to the 45th latitude or that the burning buildings would fall, creating a 45 degree angle to the ground, even though they collapse onto themselves. So, yeah, come on. I don't know. It, like the sky will burn. That seems like up in the sky, like something in the sky, not just, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I 
I don't think that that mm-hmm. for me that one doesn't fit. That's kind of to try to use that as I don't know. I, these, that's that's really reaching. These are the main ones that people will. Yeah, these are the ones that people. These that are the ones people point to true. and say, "Oh, this this guy knew what he he knew he could tell the future. This is why. Look what he predicted. This this mm-hmm. and this." But then it's funny. I, I feel like Nostradamus, especially now. Most people will will look on like a a quick website like we did, uh, and, and don't actually go in and try to further research anything. They'll just take something that maybe somebody wrote up a quick article as clickbait, essentially, uh, or website filler or whatever, and they'll they'll editorialize as it's what people do, and they'll they'll say oh they'll quickly scan because now nowadays most people read the headline and like the first couple lines and that's it. They don't actually read through the entire thing. They'll see, oh, Nostradamus was a famous prophet. He predicted this, 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 and this, and they'll I'm just go, get oh, into cool. all of that. And then they move on, mm-hmm. and then that's just how the the legend kind of lives on. And, and that's something I'm going to get into. So here we have twelve prophecies that many people believe came true. Twelve out of one thousand. That's just over one percent. However, many others believe that. His accuracy rate is really 70 to 85%. And since many of his predictions are so vague, it is extremely possible to twist them into appearing accurate. This also goes for the predictions that we just went over. Now, let's take a look at some of the predictions that people say did not come true. Very much before such intrigues, those of the East by virtue of the moon... The year 1700, they will cause great ones to be carried off, almost subjugating the Aquiline Corner. This was believed to be about Turkey conquering the Balkans. The, what, the Balkans? Like Balkans? the Balkan Islands oh, and that okay, kind of Balkans. thing? Okay, Balkans. Okay. So, apparently this didn't come true. I mean, it was in the 1700s, so if it did, I'm sure somebody would have twisted it. it. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and on the flip side of that, Maybe it did happen. It just was never documented because, again, history is it's the tale that the winners decide to tell. True, And I also have other theories. So here's another one. The third climate included under Aries the year 1727 in October. The king of Persia captured by those of Egypt. Conflict, death, loss to the cross. Great shame. According to what was said about this, Persian Shah, the Persian Persian Shah, Shah is that how you say it? Yeah. Persian Shah Ashraf Hotak was not captured by Egypt in that month or any other month around then, though he was deposed two years later. Egypt and Persia have been at peace for centuries. In 1555, when this was written. So that you, you could say, well, that one didn't come true. Mm-hmm. In the year 1999, in the seventh month from the sky will come the great king of terror, bringing back to life the great king of the Mongols, before and after Mars to reign by good fortune. Okay, so this is something that they're saying did not come true in the year 1999. So seventh month. So this is why I wanted to bring up. So in the seventh month. Seventh month being July of 1999 from the sky will come great king of terror. So 
I don't, I looked, nothing happened in July of 1999. So this last prediction, it got me curious as to what calendar Nostradamus used. That's actually, that's a good question. The Gregorian calendar didn't come into use until 1558, four years after he began writing. The Julian calendar was used during this time. However, Nostradamus's grandfather was Jewish. So did he use the Hebrew calendar? If so, our current year is 5782, uh, according to the Hebrew calendar. And during Nostradamus's time of writing, it would have been 5,315. So the year 1999 would have been in the past if the Hebrew calendar was used. So I'm curious, what other calendars could have been used? Nostradamus was an astrologer and often made reference to planetary alignments. This made me wonder, could he be using planetary time? So I decided to look into this a little more. In my research to discover what calendar Nostradamus used, I found this information from the website ordonnews.com, which read, in the letter to Caesar, the date of the end of the prophecies is contradictory as the beginning of the era of Saturn and 3,797. And in the letter to Henry, the second coming falls on the beginning of the seventh millennium. The idea that the world has been given 6,000 years first appears in Talmud and was later adopted by Christian mystics. The theory of planetary eras was consistently present in the works of Ibn Ezra, Abraham, and Abu Mahir, and gained popularity in the astrology of the Middle Ages. According to this theory, the age of the moon ends in 1889, the age of the sun in 2242, and then the age of Saturn begins. Speaking about the return of Saturn, Nostradamus could directly be guided by astrological treaties of R. Russ, which in these dates were named. It is noteworthy that the beginning of the eras of Saturn is really close to the end of 6,000 years from the creation of the world according to the Hebrew calendar. However, the seer does not blindly follow the Jewish tradition defining the same date as the end of the seventh thousandth. Thus, at the same time, he refers to the Hebrew calendar and proposes his own system of reckoning time in which the creation of the world is shifted 1,000 years ago so that 2242 RH corresponds to 7,000 CM, which is the creation of the world. This assumption is consistent with TS.1.K.48, and that's 20 years of the reign of the moon have passed. Another will rule in 7,000. When the sun ends its tired days... Then my prophecy will be fulfilled and will end. And, and that's a quote. So, indeed, by the year of the publication of the first part of the prophecies, exactly 20 years of the epoch of the moon has passed. In addition, the first chronology from the letter to Henry <laughs> dates the nativity of Jesus to 4758 years CM, from where 4758 plus 2242 equals 7,000. Consequently, in the used time system, in addition to the cycle of planetary epochs, there is also a 1,000-year cycle, Nost and they call that the Nostradamus's calendar. 
and it covers, as it were, one planetary week in which every day is equal to 1,000 years. The era of Saturn occurs simultaneously in the 1,000-year cycle and in the cycle of planetary eras. The predictor characterizes such a great intersection of cycles with the words anaragonic revolution. From this point of view, the number 3797 from the letter to Caesar is of a hoax nature. 3797 minus 1555 equals 2242. However, it should be noted that leaning towards 2242, the predictor spoke about other dates of the end of 6,000 years CM. 1826, 1945, 2033. So these are different years that were spoken of. In addition, possibly at the initiative of the publisher, the... Almanac for 1565 is dated in such a way that 7,000 years CM will expire in 2000 CE. It is likely that some of these dates are used in the predictor-generated cipher system. Now, I cannot even pretend to admit that I understand what all of this means, but what it comes off as is Nostradamus, in a sense, almost made his own calendar based off of a number of different things. I am I'm listening to you. I'm reading along with you and I'm so confused. So it is. feel free, please, to use your rewind button. <laughs> you you know, pause, rewind, maybe take some notes reading all this and looking through this. I, I find it interesting though, the you brought up the Hebrew calendar and, mm-hmm. and what the current year would be if we're actually going by the actual real calendar yeah. being 5782. And I actually put that on my phone recently. I, I found the alternative calendar. I've got an iPhone and you can actually go into your calendars and your settings and you can actually change it so that you can get the the Hebrew calendar as well as the current calendar that's mm-hmm. being used. And, and I've got it right on my phone on the, on the uh, lock screen here. Today is the 20th of the month Kislev and the year's 5782. So that's that's what we're currently in if you're going by the Hebrew calendar. And for anybody that's kind of confused about that, it's just, you know, we have the calendar right now. It, the year is 2021 AD, mm-hmm. but we basically the Hebrew calendar is supposed to supposedly uh, began at the beginning. So you're, you're taking in BC, all the years BC before Christ. Right. And then in a, you're basically, that's the calendar that started then. And and we're still moving on that calendar. And shouldn't that be where we begin in the beginning? You would think, But, but that, that again goes to how, my my quote, go go to my Twitter at the Alexarion, my pinned tweet, it's all a work. Mm-hmm. Everything, including our time and what year we're told it is, everything is a work. Everything. The point I wanted to make with that really long, long drawn out was explanation, because I'm taking from a website trying to explain it. And I read over this many times. And it was still really confusing trying to pay attention to everything. But I think it shows an important point that without knowing how Nostradamus was calculating his predictions, it makes it hard to know when he saw these events unfolding. And perhaps there is not an actual timetable. Instead, these events are meant to happen just whenever they happen. 
There you go. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Now, here are some future predictions that only time will tell if they are true or not. The death of the Queen of England will end the royal family. So this is something I found people speculating is referring to the Queen dying will end the royal family. The prediction. At the end of the VAR, the great powers change. Near the bank, three beautiful children are born. Ruin to the people when they are of age. In the country, the kingdom is seen to grow and change more. Now, I have seen people change the word VAR to war. However, it is more likely Nostradamus was referring to the river VAR, which is located in the southeast of France, which ends at the Mediterranean Sea between Nice and Saint-Laurent-du-Var. Many, oh, go on. So, did you, how did you come to that? Did you just think? Well, I was like, like what's VAR? Because so some of these, some of his words, I don't know what it is, and I had to look yeah, it up. Yeah, sure, of course. So I looked up, like, okay, what is var? I couldn't find anything. I looked up the French meaning of var, tra- uh, translating it French to English. Couldn't find anything. So I was looking it up, and then I found the river var in France. And I'm like, well, he's from France. That makes sense. And I looked, well, what's the end of it? It ends at the Mediterranean Sea between this place and this place. I'm. It'll be. We'll get to where I'm going with this. Okay. Many people think the three children he's referring to are Prince William, Prince Henry, and Princess Beatrix. However, who the heck is Princess Beatrice? I don't. I uh, they have did. I thought Diana only had two kids. But if one of the princes, their dad, has a sibling and they had a kid. Oh, okay. So, like one of their cousins. Okay. Nostradamus could be referring to the three children of Prince Rainier III and Princess Grace Kelly of Monaco, which is close to Nice. Princess Caroline, Prince Albert, and Princess Stephanie. When you say which is uh, uh, Monaco, which Monaco is close to Nice, is close. Nice meaning Nice, France. Nice, the, France, because the end of not, the river. Not Nice like nephew Nice, but Nice like the city. Yes. Um, okay. The end of the River Var is between Nice and, what was it, St. Laurent du Var. Due to Prince Albert having illegitimate children, his father, Prince Rainier II, changed the constitution so as to ensure there would be a successor to the throne, which strengthened the places of Caroline and her descendants in line of succession. On April 2nd, 2002, Monaco passed Princely Law 1.249, which provides that if the sovereign prince assumes the throne and then dies without a legitimate direct heir, the throne will pass to his dynastic siblings and their descendants according to the rule of male preference cognatic primogeniture, the law primogeniture primogeniture okay so according to that rule the law was then ratified by france as required by a 1918 franco monegasque treaty on october 4th 2005 before this change the crown of monaco could pass only to a descendant of the last reigning prince excluding such collateral relations such relations such as siblings nephews and nieces so basically 
While it is possible this future prophecy could be about the Queen of England and her family, it's more likely they were that Nostradamus could be referring to the children of Princess Grace and Prince Rainier II. Though even with that, I'm sure we could still find others who could fit this description if we twist the meaning enough. So people are saying that the prophecy at the end of the VAR, the great powers change, near the bank three beautiful children are born, ruined to the people when they are aged, in the country the kingdom is seen to grow and change more. Yeah, I just read that. I know, That's but right. I'm just reiterating. So you could say they think it's about the Queen of England and basically her grandchildren are going to cause this. But if you look at the research that I did, it seems like they already caused a change because ruined to the people in their age, the prince had a bunch of illegitimate children, which is why his dad had to change the law because he didn't want illegitimate children getting power. So one could say what I found was more true than anything about the queen. So you found this. This is not something that... Was, that no, that was my own research. So you didn't read this anywhere else? No, I found it. that. Wow. Because I All because I didn't know what VAR meant. Like, <laughs> all right. That's uh, that's hello research right there. Well, I was... Nice. Just, I was no, just, that's yeah. great. Yeah, that, that's, that's why people listen to this show. Hopefully. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, um, I was curious and I, it was like pulling a thread and things just unraveled. And I guess my point is, I feel like what I came up with makes more sense than the Queen of England. I think it does too. Yeah. Which wow. says he could be correct. They're just looking at it the wrong way. But it also shows the point of you can take it and twist it any way to have it make sense. There you go. Many websites list assumed prophecies of Nostradamus, but do not cite the quatrain, making it difficult to read it and come to your own conclusion. So, for example, this post from needmagazine.com in 2020 listed these as a few future prophecies that Nostradamus predicted. It's not written in quatrain form, but... This it's is just what they're saying about it. One, North Korea and South Korea will merge. North and South Korea will unite and leader Kim Jong-un will be dethroned and will have to seek refuge in Russia. He's considered a tougher dictator than his father was and his family has ruled North Korea for 65 years. Kim Jong-un became leader on December 17, 2011 after the death of his father. They don't reference what Nostradamus actually said. They don't, yeah, so how are, how are you, yeah. It's just they're saying this is going to happen based off of what Nost Nostradamus said. But like, where are you getting this from? Yeah, what quatrain are you getting this information from? What quatrain are you getting yeah, this what, from? What you get? What you talking about quatrains? Another one: solar energy will be widely used in 2022. Solar technology could cover the needs of a significant global portion. This will help against rising energy costs and the impact of climate change. Another one, and I'm just doing a sample. Of what was listed, because there were a bunch. Another one said, commercial space travel. Nostradamus also predicted this, although mankind has been familiar with the idea of these journeys for several years. Companies dealing with this type of transport have already announced that they will be making these space trips and also have wish lists. Yeah, we've seen a bunch of that stuff. But, so I mean, I've looked through a lot of them. There's a thousand. I didn't read every single one, but I didn't see anything that they're saying... <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, where did like, they get where this from? Where are they getting this from? I'm very curious. This is just a sample of how these prophecies are thrown out for viewing without giving the reader an actual quatrain from Nostradamus or even citing where it's from. It's all just speculation with what I'm sure is their own agenda thrown into the mix of it all. Not to mention, most of Nostradamus's prophecies did not reference exact dates, though he did reference astrological positions of planets and stars. His quatrains were not listed in chronological order either, so something from century six may have happened before century two. So in the beginning when I said there, it's not in chronological order, yeah. it makes it very difficult to tell when these things are going to happen. If we were to really take Nostradamus's words as truth, it is important to really look into what he was saying. Many words used in France in the 1500s are no longer used, nor would they make sense to us now, especially going being translated from French to English. Also, when people are given visions of the future, it doesn't always make sense until after it happens. So to predict events of the future may prove to be more difficult than one may think. Not to mention Nostradamus had to write his predictions in a certain way to prevent persecution. Personally, I think it is possible Nostradamus was able to look into the future. But what many forget to take into account is that time is not linear and things can change. Futures can be predicted but not come to fruition because of a simple change that happened to be for the best or worst. I take his predictions with a grain of salt because as a tarot reader, while it's nice to have an idea of what will happen, anything can happen to change it. I appreciate Nostradamus's alternative thinking and healing, if any of it is actually true. And I wonder, was he real or just someone made up long ago as a way to control the public mind? Knowing all the stuff that I know now and, and not, not just just the way that, that media, for example, is used to control the, the hive mind, if you will, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't doubt it if Nostradamus was just a made up thing. Was just something that was created. Like the dinosaurs. Yeah, just just again to have that. Keep that, that people something, busy. To, yeah, just to have that something. Just have something to hold over our heads. Oh well, the, the end of the world's coming because Nostradamus predicted, and he predicted this, this, and this. So it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be true. I I can totally see that, and again, seeing like that website where, where you pulled a couple of the different things where they're not even putting the quatrain. They're just saying, Nostradamus predicted this and he predicted this and he predicted this and he predicted this and we're coming up on this and this and this. Huh? Where are you getting this from? Yeah. He's used as a tool now, again, like you said, to, to fit various agendas. It makes, it really makes me wonder, was he even a real person? That's what I question. Or, or did they take somebody who actually practiced, you know, medicine back then? Maybe part of his story is true, but maybe he didn't make predictions. Maybe it was something different, but they turned it into this grand story and used it to their advantage. Yeah, and it's really tough to say because we weren't there. Exactly. That's it. We were not there. And at we're, we're seeing it. We're living through it in real time right now. We are seeing how history is manipulated how it can be changed we're seeing it you're seeing it in in media now the 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 media of the time now is movies television shows music and you're seeing it getting erased and wiped out so that 
the the upcoming generations are not going to get to see and experience some of the things that we're seeing and experiencing or that we were able to when we were growing up. You are seeing things get wiped out. You're seeing statues get toppled. You see all kinds of different things. It's very, very possible that he's just a a made-up literary device or or a control device or or a, a MacGuffin to use just to just to fool people and keep people occupied. Hence why I say take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, so many of these predictions are so vague. Again, like we said, you could give them the, a couple here and there, but were those even real or were those written after the fact to fit that? You know well, what I mean? My, it's my it's point really hard is, to say. Were these written back then and then things are manipulated to fit that? To be like, oh, look, Nostradamus was right. Like, did somebody kind of have this all planned out like a long game? I don't know. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying it could be a possibility. And that's something we, it's important to look at things with all different perspectives. Absolutely. Look at it different ways. Absolutely. I don't know. I I don't know if he existed or not. It's with all these prophecies and these doomsday scenarios and all these kind of things that been hearing about forever for as long as I've been alive. And obviously a lot longer than that. Just makes you go, yeah. It's just another the end. Of, end of the world's coming again. It's the end of the world as we know it, hey, and I feel, I feel fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you got any any other closing thoughts about Nostradamus? No, I I shared my final thoughts. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I'm I'm with you right there on it. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. We, we told you how to find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, all that info is in the show notes anyway. I guess without further. Uh, if there's nothing further, I should say. I just want to thank everyone for sticking with us. I know this is a longer episode. There was a lot of information that. I yeah, gathered. a lot of a lot of information. A lot of, hats off to you. I'm not wearing a hat, but uh, definitely hell of a job on the research for sure. You you did a lot of digging. Then I had to do my own investigation and and, and came up with some stuff that was very impressive. I'm I'm a very yeah. impressed with with some of the stuff you came up with. Again, you have a knack for that research. Because I should have been a detective. I, I think, yeah, I think because I'm a woman, that's what we do. Because <laughs> I, 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 I will go. You'll, you'll tell me, look this up. I'll say, okay, I'll go to look something up. We're, we're supposed to be looking up the same thing. You come up with a million different things that, and I'm sitting here going, I'm, I'm on like the third page of the search, and I'm like, I, I don't see this. Where are you seeing this? You're like, well, what'd you type in? And I'll tell you, and, and you go, no, you type this in. I'm like, what? And then I'll type in what you said, and yeah, sure enough, what I'm looking for comes right up. I'm like, ah, okay. So you just have a knack for finding things and searching for things. So, again, kudos, hats off to you. Hell of a job. Thank you. My beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing, awesome researcher of a trophy wife. Thank you. Yes. So until next time, thank you, friends, for joining us. Thank you to all our hearers, our watchers, our homewreckers. Thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Until next time, I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, joined as always. I'm just, I, I know I just said, but I'm going to say it again by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing, certified hypnotherapist, trophy wife, and amazing researcher, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. <laughs>